and I have zero interest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I say it out loud, and I knew you're, <laughs> you're you're kind of uh, like I, I appreciate you, and we're friends, and this is not yeah. what I expected. So, okay, convince me that this is worth paying attention to. <laughs> I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and we talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. Dave, it is Resurrection Sunday. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you. Yeah. Uh, Easter is, or uh, not so much the date, I don't care about the date exactly, but, right. but the concept of the resurrection of Jesus is the most glorious thing that we have as Christians, I think. Hmm. It really is that the hope of Jesus' resurrection and ours as well, and all that that right. means. Right. Um, his conquering of death is, uh, there's, there's no greater comfort to me personally than that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've uh, been at funerals. You've been at funerals. There are people I, who I have did a funeral lost yesterday. Um, loved ones. Yeah. Uh, it's particularly difficult when it's uh, a child or yes. something very untimely. Yes. Um, but all death is wrong and a violence to the original design. That's right. Gordon, That's right. Uh, God did purpose for death um, as part of the whole plan of redemption. Sure, sure. But it is... Uh, it is something that is uh, worthy of tears and crying and pain and um, not just a, a normal, quote, natural part of life. Right. Um, right. It is, uh, it is, it's dreadful. Yes. Um, and the resurrection, resurrection speaks directly to that pain. Yes. Directly to that fall. And it tells us that death will have an end. Yeah. Right? First Corinthians 15, oh, death, where is your victory? Mm-hmm. Uh, the victory is in Christ. Yeah. 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 Or um, John Owen's book, uh, The Death of Death in the Death of Christ. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and more specifically, not just in the death of Christ, but in his resurrection that promises that there will be no, that, that death will have an end. Yeah. And uh, death and suffering and pain and struggle, those will all be done away with. And I'm looking right. forward to that. that. And that's what the resurrection really is about. What are some of the things... Uh, the resurrection is almost too good to believe. Yeah. What are some of the things that give you confidence that the resurrection really happened and that it's really true? Well, the the entire Christian story yeah. hinges on the resurrection it does being indeed. true. Yes. And so if you if you throw out the resurrection, you have to throw out all of it. Right. And and there are just some really compelling pieces to scripture, to the storyline. So you can you can almost bring up any evidential apologetic at this point and argue for the resurrection. Uh-huh. Um, or you have to toss all of it out. Right. And none of it is real, and none yeah. of it makes sense. It's just uh, the, the scripture is merely antiquity that's myths and yeah. you know just, just something that people wrote down and kept adding to. And, right, right. Uh, all of the internal cohesion and all the, the, the storyline is something uh, maybe quite mysterious. Um, I would say it's it's downright. It takes more faith for me to deny the entire package yeah. of Scripture and the message of redemption yeah. than faith that that God, the Almighty, has power over death. Sure, I think it requires less faith of me yeah. to believe that. Yeah, um, when you look at the Scripture, 
in its entirety, yeah. starting in way back, and but God speaking into the fabric of society, of yeah. history, laying yes. down pictures of the Christ, things that that no person could fulfill. Yeah, where he would be born, how he would die, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, how much yeah. he would be, you know, how much money he'd be betrayed for. Right. This is all stuff that's been been pre-recorded through prophets, and right. Jesus fulfills all that. Right. right. Um, and so. It, you know, when you look at the the resurrection itself, there are there are witnesses to it. Yeah, yeah, more witnesses than what's uh, what have people have said than than George Washington becoming the first president. Everyone believes George Washington to be the first president, but there were fewer witnesses of that than the resurrection. Hmm. Um, and so we have to take uh, history's word at because sure. you know, we weren't there for sure. either one of those. Sure, right? sure, sure. But there are more people who who witnessed that and. We're willing to die for that. Yes, and did die, and did die for that belief. Now, why would they do that if it was fake? Right, right. Why would they sacrifice their lives, their fortunes, their futures, and and go to the death, singing praise to God, if they didn't see a resurrected Christ? So let me play devil's advocate for you. Yeah, here's the reason that they would do that. It's so that they could um, gain notoriety and power over this. Uh, uh, movement started by Jesus of Nazareth, whoever he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he obviously was a special person, but uh, yeah, they would um, gain power and then notoriety even to their death. And there are martyrs who will who will do that sort of thing. So what about that? Um, I know that there are, there are a few people who will do that. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I don't know if there's a lot of people who will do that. Yeah, and there are a lot of people who have gone to their death for Jesus, singing praise to God. And witnesses to the resurrection, 11 of the 12 apostles went to their death, uh, and the 12th was John, and he died of old age. They tried to kill him, mm-hmm. and he apparently was unkillable. He, he was <laughs> rescued uh, miraculously. But yeah, so, I mean, the apostles, they all suffered that way, and yeah. none of them uh, uh you know, gave away or, or gave in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as far as what we call evidential apologetics, yeah. um, there are books written on yeah. all that. And, and, and really some people have done deep dives and they're, they're very interesting. And yes. I would recommend some of those. Yeah. Um, uh, Josh McDowell has done some of that. Sure. Um, I tend in this day and age, I tend to be more, uh, Vantillian uh-huh. and my apologetic sure. that is called presuppositional. Right. That someone has a presupposition that the resurrection couldn't happen, right? And they're going to operate on that presupposition no matter what evidence is brought to bear, right? Um, or someone has a presupposition that such things could happen, and they might be interested in the evidence, yeah. Um, but there is a lot to that story, and it's been a long time since I've read a book like that. Okay, but uh, some of the things I do remember is that the the Roman legal system and the guards, yeah. Was airtight. Yeah, no one's no one's getting out of the tomb, or no one's getting out of prison. Yeah, or, uh, totally. Yeah, yeah. The uh, they were notorious for that. Yeah, yeah, there's no way that this guy his body disappeared. That somebody came and got his body, or paid or, them off, no, or there's no, no way. There's no right? way. Yeah, that that was a punishable. Uh, that was death yeah. for those guards, and they you know, they were trained for that kind of thing. Totally, and they were looking for it. That's why they were there. That's right. right? That's right. Yeah. Um, the tomb was empty. He was gone. Um, you know, even even silly things. Uh, I, I am not prone to relics or yeah, stories sure. Sure, sure. or, um, you know, uh, mystical 
yeah. stuff to to a great degree. But you know, I I really am intrigued with the Shroud of Turin. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I've heard I, of it, and I know you know yeah. that's the 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 the. the burial clothes or whatever of Jesus. Yeah. And I have zero interest. Um, <laughs> yeah. I say it out loud. And although I you're, so, you're, you're kind of uh, like, I, I appreciate you and we're friends and this is not yeah. what I expected. So, okay. Convince me that this is worth paying attention to. <laughs> well, they've, they've done scientific study on it. Okay. It, it is an, it's a curious um, artifact. Okay. Yeah. Sure. It is a, it is a linen, burial sheet okay which is what the scripture says jesus was buried in which sure. well, which everyone would have been buried in that there would time have been, you know a hundreds of, of thousands of these yes. uh in that time period yes so it's it's a linen burial sheet and it has imprinted on it uh-huh. um a man okay. uh, what appears to be a um uh, you know a semitic looking man um they have done uh, all kinds of analysis of the image that is sure, there sure sure um, the man has been crucified. Okay. Um, there are wounds. Okay, so now you're, you're down to thousands now. Yeah, down to, uh, yeah, hands and feet, and there's also a wound on the side. Okay. Um, where, you know, a spear would have okay. gone, and okay. there's there's blood, right? Okay. There's, yeah. there's a wound and there's blood, and this is all visible on yeah. this. They don't know how this image is there. Uh-huh. Um, there's no, like, oh, this is clearly paint. Well, no, they don't they don't know how it's there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so it just intrigues me yeah. that, uh, what, whatever happened in the resurrection, yeah. uh, whatever happened in the transfiguration, yeah. um, what biologically, scientifically, physically, yeah. all that stuff intrigues me. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Cause you know, we, we have scientific minds. Yeah, we do. But I'm, I'm open to, um, to saying we don't know all uh, yeah, there there are realms perhaps we we know very little about that uh, I think you'd have to agree with me there. Yeah, and so um, uh, I'm just curious why this this burial cloth looks like yeah. Jesus. Yeah, um, is a is a a crucified person with a, a gash in the side. Yes, has a crown. Oh, the crown of thorns also. Yes, there's a crown on their head of thorns. Okay, so um, let me just tell you, for my, you've, you've already told me way more than I knew before yeah. we started talking about uh-huh. the, the Shroud of Turin. Uh, but all of that seems super convenient, uh, so much so that, like, uh, It's okay. got to be faked, right? Um, who was it? Somebody uh-huh. said that, um, that if you, uh, all the different pieces of wood that were supposedly from the original cross on which Jesus was crucified. Right, right. If you put them all together, you know, it's they a would very weigh, big cross. It's, it, yeah. You know, it would weigh 80 tons or something, yeah, right? It's right. this little fleck of the cross here right. and this little fleck of the cross there because the motivation is to say, oh, I have a relic, come and visit my place and then... Absolutely. There yeah. is a huge motivation for huge. that kind of thing. Yeah. We are not into that. We don't believe in the parts of saints being venerated and, no, you know, no. so, so and so's guts are over here and let's right, go, right, right. Let's go visit. No, so what I'm saying is yep. that I, it make immediately makes me skeptical that like right. someone put this together. Oh, uh, but it doesn't have a crown of thorns. Oh yes, there it is. Oh, we got to make sure that it has this bloody stain on it. We got to make sure it has this bloody stain on it. Right. The um, everything is exactly right. Yeah. So um, I hear you. I hear you. And so it, here's here's a question. They plucked out his beard, which apparently then was was bleeding. Did it have uh, a bloody beard? Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's um, that kind of, like I don't know. It just seems too good to be true. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it, it probably is. Um, and it certainly is not. I would never bring this up as evidence. Okay, thank you for the resurrection. Oh. <laughs> right, but 
uh, since we're we're just we're just bantering around. Yeah, here. we're spitballing here. Okay, okay. I find it intriguing. Okay, and I find practically every other relic not so. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't find, and to me, that's in the same category as all the others. But okay, right. if you're, it's it's got a little more interest to me. Okay, all yeah. Right. <clears throat> well, I but, think uh, when you when we're looking at the gospels, because if the gospels are true, then the resurrection is true, and if the gospels are not true, it's probably worth doubting the the resurrection and so then the question is uh did they just make up this story or is it was it actually true and so we don't really know i mean there's no way to go back we yeah. weren't there we didn't have video cameras or whatever but uh it there's a lot of stuff in it that has the ring of truth one of the things uh that i found recently I was, i've been studying the gospel of john recently with a group of guys from our church and uh we noted that the um, the first women who went to go see uh, the tomb, they went to mm-hmm. uh, put spices there for Jesus uh, to finish the burial process. They went, three of them are named Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary, Mary, and Mary went together. If you were going to make this story up, you'd probably right. have different <clears throat> people. You'd probably <laughs> yeah. have different names, right? Yeah. Um, or even if you, it was sort of true, like you're going to put different characters in there, but it just turned out that they were all named Mary. That seems really strange to me. Speaking of yeah. which, you also, if they were just making this up, they would not have women as the first uh, witnesses of the resurrection. Um, women at that time and until actually very recently in, in world history, women weren't even able to testify in court. You couldn't believe, women are hysterical. They, you can't believe anything they say. And so for women to be the ones to witness the resurrection would just, that's not how you would write it. Yeah. And in fact, there was probably, that was a kind of evidence that was bad evidence. If you're trying to convince someone that this has happened, right. then- You could do a much better job. You could do a much better yeah. job than to say, oh, we know that of the resurrection because of what the women said. Wait, what? And everyone would be like, you know, if men saw it first, then I might believe. But women, that, that would be a real deal. Yeah. But that's how it happened. Yeah. the the All the way through the Gospels, all of the- um, uh, disciples look like idiots on every page. I mean, you read the Gospels, and they're all, they have no idea what's going on. Jesus says so clearly in the Gospels, on the third day, I will rise again, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you would think on the third day they would go check. Right. But they didn't. Yeah. They didn't go check um, to see if he had raised from the dead. Uh, the women were going, like I said, to um, not to see the resurrection or to right. check and see if he'd raised. They're going to finish the burial process. They right. weren't expecting anything. They were, even though he said it so clearly, if you are writing it just to gain power for yourself, that's not how, like, I, I didn't listen to what Jesus said. I was a dumb dumb. That's not how I would write it. <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, like I said, I, there are volumes of this kind of yeah. material, yeah. right? This kind of evidential material. Yeah. But if you're a person out there who has a presupposition that this is just impossible, you'll never believe sure. the resurrection, sure, no matter sure, what sure, sure. evidence is provided, no yeah. matter how many witnesses and yeah. how many people died for it and yeah. uh, all the improbabilities and all, you know, all the correlations that. Yeah. Um, and so. Uh, the question is, um, is there eternal life? Is there a God? I mean, that's, those are the big questions, you know, yeah. and, yeah. um, but if there, if there isn't, 
then then life really is um, meaningless. Yes. Uh, when you die, and you will, yeah, uh, you will you will be forgotten. I don't care if you uh, you go down in some history book as a president or a, as a, a a world commander. Right. Uh, eventually, the world will be over, yep. and humans will be over, and it won't matter. Yeah. Um, and what does it matter anyway if a bunch of 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 you know smart monkeys think you're you're pretty cool right um there is and 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 beauty has no place really you know like the looking at a sunset yeah um beauty has place in reproduction perhaps but not like in a sunset or you know um it's just in the moment right so i can enjoy it right now but it really doesn't mean anything and love isn't is rather invalidated yeah um yeah and so uh, it just brings about the questions of everything. Yes. If there's no resurrection, then what is there? Right. Really? What is there? Right. Well, there's this. Okay. Well, thanks. Um, yeah. If there is the resurrection, then there is everything. Right. The whole story. Yes. Um, the redemption, the yes. eternal life, and yes. the judgment, by the way. Yes. Yes. It's all there, and everything that I think, say, and do has meaning. Yeah. Yeah, because God is right, and I have someone who's telling me what is right and what is wrong yeah. from the outside. Yeah, yeah. Um, the resurrection is the linchpin, and if if so, there are people who say they're Christians that don't believe in a resurrection. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what Bible they're reading or if they're reading. Yeah, because it really I don't know what is, it means to be a Christian. Then yeah, it really is pivotal. Yeah, it I all agree. Rest, is there a God? Well, if there is, I'm quite certain He could bring Jesus back from the dead. Yeah. By the way, the resurrections that we see in the Bible other than Jesus are not the resurrection yeah. that we see in 1 Corinthians 15 yeah. where Jesus is recreated. He That's is right. uh, the the mortal is made immortal. That's right. The corruptible is made incorruptible. That's right. That's what that's our hope is that we would we would rise and never die again. That yeah. we'll live with God forever. Whatever that means, whatever that looks like, we have, you know, only clues. Yeah. We're looking through a a glass dimly yep. where you have a vague picture, but we know from Jesus that, that, uh, he could do things in bodily form that he could not do prior to the resurrection. Right. And, uh, in that way, the resurrection is promising that we will have, a, like a step closer to deity. Yes. Yes. Some, some greater image bearing capability, yes. some, some greater fellowship with and presence with God. Yes. And, uh, and that, that is all it's if that's true yeah that is remarkable and amazing and worth dying for yes and and telling people about in the face of arrows and beasts and fire yes um and if it's not true why in the world which you, Corinthians 15 yeah. we are of all people to be pitied yeah 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 that's right that's right so it's it's really it, it's it's all or none and it, it hangs on the on the resurrection. And interestingly enough, it hangs on the historicity of the resurrection, not just the story of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. All religions, all myths, all uh, you know, uh, uh, animist stories from Africa and uh, whatever, um, all have death and resurrection myths to them. Right. All of them, but they're but they're myths that are. Uh, it's just the story. The story is inspirational, is all it is, um, where. The resurrection, if it didn't happen historically, the resurrection of Jesus, then it then it's all right. lost. Right. It's, you know, that's what Paul says in First Corinthians fifteen, and that makes sense as well. 
but and it's the only world religion where that's the case. Where if it didn't right. happen historically, none of this matters. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if there was if there was some uh, uh, wonderful uh, not the word wonderful uh, unilateral uh, undeniable definitive crystal, definitive that's the word definitive crystal clear way of proving that the resurrection was false. Correct. Um, then we should we should get rid of all the Bibles and we should disband all the churches and tell people to stop believing this. Yeah, and because Christianity completely falls apart in every way at that point. Yeah, yeah. And then, like I said, then you're throwing away so 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 much. Yeah. From the from the morality of Jesus to uh, I mean, just so much. Yeah. Right. It, the whole package is uh, God speaking into. Yeah. To broken humanity, God's right. suffering in humanity's place, that ideas that have captured our imaginations more than any other. Yeah. That yeah. are that are duplicated and repeated in all kinds of stories yeah. and uh, you know, fairy tales. Right. Uh they're just trying to recapture the story of redemption and the story of the self sacrificing God and That's right. It, it it's it's either true or it's um, maybe whoever dreamt all this up, maybe they should be worshipped. You know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> I hear what you're it's saying. It's so yeah. remarkable. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, for sure. The the that concept of the myths that's that is what brought C.S. Lewis to Christianity. He was um, uh, he took long walks with his friend J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tolkien, of course, was a Christian, a, a Roman Catholic Christian. And uh, Lewis was uh, vehemently an atheist. Yeah. And I mean, he just did not believe. And, but they were good friends and writers and associates and respected each other's mind. And they often talked about religion. And one of the things that uh, Tolkien said to Lewis, and they had many discussions that was so, that for Lewis was overwhelming evidence. Lewis would say, these myths of, of uh, resurrection and new life and, and all the stuff that's in the Bible, it's in every religion. And that's true. Those main themes are in every religion. Um, and Tolkien said, yeah, but, but Christianity is the true myth. This is the, 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 the myth of Jesus is the myth that actually happened in history, which is the story of the world that all those other myths are merely derivatives of. Right. Those all have to be derivatives of some. If if there is this universal, uh, you know, imagery of the the uniqueness of humanity and death and resurrection and th- these kinds of myths, if it's universal, where did it all come from? It has to come from some place because all these people, these ancient people, were not all talking to each other. Right. They had to come from some place, and so Tolkien said it comes from a reality of the universe. And that is played out in uh, Christianity, where we have a myth here. It's like all the other myths, but it is told, unlike all the other myths, it's told with historical basis. Right. And historical evidence to say this one actually is true. And so when, when Lewis contemplated more on that, he said, Christianity, uh, the story of Jesus is the true myth. Mm-hmm. And he said, therefore, it is the one to which all the others point, and I have to believe in it. And he didn't want to, but he was like, this is where the evidence leads me. Right. Yeah. There are a number of people who have sought to disprove the resurrection and ended up believing in it, right? As they looked at the evidence, it was overwhelming, and they became some of its biggest advocates. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that, that, I didn't know C.S. Lewis, uh, that it was more of the... the, um, 
the storytelling itself. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Well, that's because he is a storyteller. He's a storyteller. Yeah. Um, he was the one um, who, who much later in his life provided this evidence, which I think he was the first one to do. Um, he, he said uh, of the resurrection and the truth of the gospels, or that's a better way to say it, the truth of the gospel um, gospels as we have them now, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He said, uh, some people will say that these are just myths. He said, I've been reading myths all my life, which is true. At the time, he, you know, mm-hmm. he taught at Oxford and then later at Cambridge is as the world expert on, on ancient stories and that yeah. sort of thing. Uh, medieval stories especially. But he said, I've been reading myths all my life. And he said, this does not sound like myth. He said, this sa- he, he said uh, the details, this was compelling to him. He said, right. the details that we have that are irrelevant to the story. Right. He said, uh, you never find irrelevant details in myths. Right. Never, ever, ever. Until uh, the novel... The, the advent of the novel, which right. is in the 1800s or so, he said, then you've got uh, irrelevant details. Right. And so that's that's the concept of the novel. He said, so either somebody in the ancient world uh, invented the concept of the novel, published these um, four amazing stories, and then everyone forgot the concept of the, of the novel immediately. Right. right. Either that happened or... The people who were reporting this, it's yeah historical it record to be true. Yeah, they yeah. asked witnesses and they gave eyewitness testimony and Correct. they wrote down even the details. Correct. And um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Some of those details are actually kind of fun. I told you I've been studying uh, the Gospel of John with some of the men in our church. Yeah, and we're in John twenty-one, and it says that that uh, they uh, these fishermen caught a whole bunch of fish, and it was one hundred and fifty-three large fish. Mm-hmm. And so why 153? Well, be, it's 153 because the writer was one of the ones, one of the fishermen who was there. Yeah. And he counted. Fishermen like to do that. They like right. to measure things. I, you know, yeah. th- that was my biggest uh, haul. They fished with nets, not with uh, poles. And so you don't measure length or whatever right. Right. of the fish. Like we caught freaking 153. Right. And he remembered from years ago. So we, when he wrote it, he was like, I'm going to write that down because right. that was great. Yeah. <laughs> that same author... Uh, in the resurrection, he and Peter, so John and Peter, went to the tomb, and he said we, they ran together. Uh, uh, but Peter was slow, and and I yeah, got there right, first. Right. I got there first. Um, <laughs> like okay, they both ran. It's like yeah. why did he say I got there first? Right. It's irrelevant. He just wanted to make sure that everybody knew that he was a faster runner than Peter. <laughs> well, but, but he doesn't name himself, though. You know, no, he said, well, sort of. He doesn't. He calls himself throughout, and that's why I've kind of been. Um, Sly about it. Throughout the book, he he refers to this person called the disciple whom Jesus loved. Which is also a little braggity brag. But yes, yeah. it is. And until you get to, the, I think it's maybe the last verse of the gospel, or it's pretty close to it, mm-hmm. that he says, the uh, the disciple whom Jesus loved is the one who is writing this right, right now. Right. right. So he reveals himself there yeah. at the end, uh, but he's been referring to himself all the way. Through. So, yeah. so in, that, uh, in the story of the resurrection, he says, yeah, Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved ran to the tomb after they heard what the women said, right. and the disciple and, whom and, Jesus and, loved got there first. Yeah, and Peter was left in the dust. And uh, <laughs> why would he say that? It's yeah. what C.S. Lewis says is because that's how history stories are written, mm-hmm. not how novels are written or myths. Yeah, or like, uh, or, the, I'm sorry, it is how novels are written, but those weren't invented for another 1,800 years. Right? Yeah, 
the uh, the woman caught in adultery and Jesus draws in the dirt. Right. Okay. What in the world? Yeah. Or that one. There's a story about uh, a storm that that comes up when the disciples and Jesus are in a boat, and it says he's in the bottom. He was sleeping on a pillow. Right. Okay, why the pillow? You could just say he's sleeping. That's relevant to the story. Yeah. But no, he had a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> His favorite pillow, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all remember that pillow? He was sleeping on that pillow. I don't, yeah. Why is it has nothing to do yeah. with the story we, we whatsoever? Need, we need a pillow relic. <laughs> we should get a pillow. Oh, that's that was a the great idea. Pillow from Jesus' boat. I love Jesus that. Jesus slept on this pillow. Jesus Come slept pay $1, on this pillow. to see this pillow. Yes. Oh, well, why man. haven't we done that? You know, I'm not into the world of relics, yeah. but I've never heard of that one. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. If no one's done that, that's a that's you a know, million dollar idea right there. I'm with you. I Who knows what's been done in history? Because people were crazy about this at various times. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, all kinds of relics. Uh, like I, I'm telling you, like body parts of dead saints. Oh, yeah. 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 Toes and, and oh, yeah. uh, earlobes and... Yeah. And the stories that go along with the, oh man, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Well, what yeah. does the resurrection mean for us today? Assuming that the resurrection is true, and I do, I base my life on it. I know mm-hmm. you do too. Um, how do you live differently today, uh, Easter Sunday? How do you live differently today because of it? Um, I have a couple answers. Okay, and one, I'll turn, I'll turn it around and say. Um, Sometimes I think, how would I live differently if this wasn't true? Okay, yeah, sure, sure, As sure. As I've struggled with doubts periodically, like all people do. I do, And yeah. you say, okay, well, what if this isn't true? Yeah. What What would I change differently? Yeah. Uh, I mean, would I would I stop being a, a good father uh-huh. and feel it's irrelevant? Would I, you know, what, what would I do? Yeah. And um, inevitably, I think that... that any human mind starts to think about areas where they would like to sin, but they don't. Okay. Um, and so, for one, I think the resurrection calls us to a higher humanity. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and that if, we, if the resurrection wasn't true, then maybe I wouldn't be as uh, uh, honest or, uh, or, or forthright or uh, faithful yeah. or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other thing is is it's it's my hope, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's what we have to look forward to. We're getting to the age where most of our uh, life we'll have more and more doctor visits, yep. and more and more problems, yep. aches and pains yep. and ailments, and oh oh well now I've got a I've got a rotten tooth and now I've yep. got and my hip is killing me and I have to get that replaced. Yep. And that, this is our future, right? Yep, and you s- you see this every day. I do. What. What eventually happens? Yeah. You lay in a bed. You I know take where I'm going. I know where you're going. Amounts of medicine, yeah. and you die one day. Sometimes yeah. after a lot of suffering. Yes. Other times, yes. maybe you just fall asleep, and and Lord let that be the case. Yeah. Um, and so if there is no resurrection, yeah. Um, and I'm already rather uh, disenfranchised and tired. I don't, you know, there's not a lot that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I'm looking forward to to grandkids and. I don't know this or that, but yeah. but nothing that's like when you're young and you're idealistic and you're full of energy and full right. of life and that right. you feel like your life's ahead of you. Right. Then you get past what I call the grand disillusionment yeah. where you're like, yeah, uh, hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, how much longer is my knee going to hurt? Oh, forever. Forever, yeah. <laughs> until, okay. until I die, right? Yeah. And so um, 
Yeah, the the resurrection is our hope that God is going to fix the broken things. Yeah. That he's going to make everything new and unbroken. Yes. And there won't be any more fear. There won't be any more death or or dying or yes. sickness. Yes. Um and the the what I've been longing for, the the sense of fulfillment, the sense of belonging, the sense of of value, all the things that my soul has been searching for yes. my entire life. Yes will be found in God. Yes. And we will dwell with him forever. Yeah. And you know the new heavens and the new earth or the recreation yes. of of this heaven and this earth yeah. and that it will be purified and yeah. Yeah. um it's the glory of God being revealed. Right. And all of all the things that that are beyond the scope of our ability to think. Yes. to even imagine. Yes. We can just dream about it, but it it's it, it Ephesians says God can do exceedingly abundantly more yes. than we can ever think or imagine. Correct. And so we have no idea what the glory of God being revealed will mean, but we know it'll be nothing less than awe-inspiring forever. Yeah. And boy, that that's uh, that is something that if if you could say one hundred percent definitively that is true. Uh huh. Doesn't that change everything? It does. It How does. you live, the decisions that you make, and everything matters. And I mean, you know, it's yeah. It's again, uh, this world is is um, it's got a power to um, to mystify us, to to muddy the waters, yeah, to confuse heaven and hell, yeah, uh, right and wrong, yeah, and all the gray area and all the nuancing that we try to do and try to. Sure. But, but at the resurrection. And at the day of judgment, it's like it all separates. Yes, yes. The sheep and the goats go their separate ways. Yeah. The, the all that's that's cursed and corroded is done away, and 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 God's glory right. is fully revealed. Yeah. And that, at the very least, if you're an unbeliever listening to this, there's there's so much that is provocative. Yeah. There's so much there. There's the theology is so rich. Yeah. And the Bible has such uh, tremendous uh, messages and anomalies and uh-huh. and points that that again, whoever whoever wrote some of this, yeah, but it wasn't written by any one person, right? It's written by hundreds of people over thousands of years in different continents and and yeah. you know, and brought together, right, um, right. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I like all that you've said. And uh, maybe one point for me uh, that I'm thinking of right now uh, that's more specific. So that you, you've got the grand picture of that mm-hmm. changes everything. So let me, here's one thing that it changes. First um, Corinthians 15 talks so much about uh, the resurrection and the hope that we have of the resurrection. It's a very long chapter and it's very detailed. Um, I've studied it extensively and I know that you've studied it mm-hmm. as well. At the very end, it says, therefore, uh, uh, don't grow weary in your labor or something like that. I forget exactly now yeah. the, uh, what it says, but uh, your work. So keep working hard because there's a resurrection. This is real. Yeah. This is real. And um, I've had some terrible jobs and you have too. We've talked about some mm-hmm. of our terrible jobs. And right now I am, you and I both are privileged to work in ministry. And so these are not our, the most terrible jobs that we've had. But there are times for me, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm as a hospice chaplain, 
Um, I'm not supposed to say this, but uh, here we are, right? <laughs> well, oh, uh, yeah. So it's uh, this is in terms of ministry. This is uh, assembly line ministry, mm-hmm. right? So I got a name of a patient, and then I, and and their address, and I go out to see them, and I pray for them, and I try to speak the gospel in in a way that they will understand after listening carefully to who they are and what's going on, and I never know what to expect when I get there, but. I've had the same freaking conversation with people over and over and over, and I say the same thing mm-hmm. over and over. A lot of my prayers are incredibly repetitive. I, you know, I try not to be repetitive, but mm-hmm. when I pray with someone who's in the same exact situation as 15 other people I've prayed for this week in the same exact situation, you know, I hope for the same things. And I, these are people I don't know. I don't know anything about them. Yeah. And so it's assembly line ministry. On the one hand, I love it, but there are days when it gets really wearisome, Yeah, really wearisome. And I think when I go out, uh, for example, when I go out and see a nursing home patient and I go and here's a person I know that has been committed to the Lord all their life uh, and they are basically comatose now and they're in a nursing home and we are giving them medicine and they're basically staying asleep 22 hours out of a day. And okay, so I go and I and they're asleep and I call their name and they're not waking up. And so I sit with them and I read a verse and I pray and then I walk out of the room. Yeah. Did I do any good? Honestly, I don't know. I think prayer right. is always effective and I don't know. Right. You know, and then I go and I chart for half an hour on what I just did to, to write in their medical chart. Right. So Medicare can, can pay my company and they can pay me. And I think, what am I doing? What is going on? Okay. And so then I'm reminded by this verse in 1 Corinthians 15 that says, uh, your labor is not in vain mm-hmm. because the resurrection is true. Right. Because everything matters. Everything matters. Whatever uh-huh. I do to bring order into the world, to bring compassion into to the world, to highlight someone's dignity and value, to uh, bring creativity and new things into the world, to nurture someone or something, all of that is going to last forever because of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And, okay, then that gives me hope, and I can keep going. Right. Uh, When I was making GE ovens, Okay, I'm I'm doing something. I'm putting order to the world. I'm mm-hmm. providing for people to eat or something to uh-huh. cook. Oh man, that seemed meaningless. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was rough. That was rough. I was I literally on an assembly line. That was rough. And uh, that labor is not in vain. I know how hard it is. Yeah. But the resurrection tells me that when I'm bringing order to the world, that's going to last forever. And that's that gives me great hope. Yeah, I didn't know that you assembled ovens. Did you say that before? Maybe, maybe you did say it, and I forgot it. Well, I assembled a tiny piece of it. I didn't assemble ovens. I I yeah. I, uh, I worked on a metal press. I worked on a metal press. So I took a, a thin piece of metal, um, maybe four inches or uh-huh. so across, and then along. Uh, it was probably three or four feet long. And I grab it and I'd stick it in my metal press. Yeah. Put both hands above my head to hold, uh, to push two buttons, and then this big, massive, basically a hole punch. Right. Chung, chung, right. You know. To and then and what that and then that would that was my piece of it. And I would take it out, right. and stick it on the side, and that and someone else would go and fold it 
and and cut out maybe another couple pieces or something sure. to be molding so that it would go around the edge of the front of an oven to be attached to the oven and then also attached to the cabinetry right. in a house. So that's the molding of it. That's what I did. And I did yeah. that for you know eight hours at a time. It makes it easier to lock the oven so Hansel and Gretel can't get out. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's that's you're, what's going to last forever. Um, that's the the hope of the resurrection is that Hansel and Gretel going to stay in there forever. <laughs> um, no, that was yeah. so that was that was my most mind numbing right uh, work. And when I think about like the worst job I ever had, that was the worst. I've had some pretty bad ones, but yeah, that one was just so mind numbing. Yeah, it, the resurrection, like I said, it, it the linchpin. Everything matters. Everything matters. Or nothing everything matters. matters. And and I would challenge anyone who's listening to this that if uh, if you're pondering this, um, is there anything in your life that really matters? Uh, is there is there some uh, political party that you really care about? Is there some great injustice that you want corrected? Then you care about justice. You care about morality and right and wrong, and you want to fight for that. But I think you need to really think deeply that if there is no hereafter, if yeah. there is no yeah. God, does it really matter? Whatever you think is valuable, does it really matter? Yeah. Um, or it doesn't. Maybe I can put it this. We yeah. can put it this way. It doesn't matter very much because because somebody might say it does matter, but it only matters for this lifetime. It only matters yeah, for, for the me time right that we're now. here. For me right now. Yeah. And I could say I matter because that's what I want. Right. But I think for all of us who really love justice, we know it's more than just what I like. Yeah. It's more meaningful than that. And it's and it's, it's much more, deeper than that. And it's more meaningful than uh it, even it, it it's it's really important. <laughs> yeah. Right? Justice is not just for a lifetime. It's right. uh when somebody suffers that's a violation of the universe. Right. Yeah. And uh, to say to say otherwise, yeah, you'd have to say otherwise if you don't believe in the resurrection of some sort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more that could be said about it. Indeed. But At, um, this, yeah, we're this gonna, session's we're gonna talk, over. We're going to talk about this forever. Okay, this session. <laughs> We've gone all over the place. Thank you, teacher. <laughs> Even to the Shroud of Torin. Oh! Yeah, um, but uh, hey, if you want to you wanna help us along in the next discussion, write us at thehopper at gmail.com. Or go to the uh, Facebook group. we got a new Facebook group. We Join do. us there, too. Oh, my gosh. I hate Facebook, but it's 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 a way to get the word out and help people gather. Okay, um, it's the Hopper Podcast at Gmail dot com, right? Yeah, the yeah Hopper I didn't say podcast. that. I said the Hopper at Gmail. Oh. listening to the hopper podcast you made it to the end of this week's episode congratulations you win a year supply of prune juice mm. to claim your prize write us at the hopper podcast at gmail.com or record a short voice memo on your phone and send it to the hopper podcast at gmail.com join us next time when we'll discuss the proper way to clean your ears 
Yes. Yeah, there's a lot to say about that. And be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and join our Facebook group for more Hopper goodness. The Hopper Podcast is sponsored this week by the International Prune Association. When you're on fire down under, reach for a delicious prune. Mm. Yummy, yummy. Mm.